Today's sponsor is Sonos. Sonos is offering the listeners of Watching Dead 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code WATCHING10, that's capital W-A-T-C-H-I-N-G-1-0, at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're here today to do the Season 8A wrap-up, the first half of Season 8. Uh, first half of All Out War, because it looks like they're extending it. All Out War has has been such a success that people have decided we need a double dose of it. Uh, <laughs> I, start, I usually start... I almost asked you what you thought of the episode, but thank God we're out of this <laughs> season. Uh I do not have a lot to say about this truly awful season or half season of television. I I as soon as our final podcast on the last on the premiere aired, I jettisoned all care from my brain <laughs> for this show. So what I do have is a lot of people in the feedback section who want to talk about this show and where things could be going, and I guess I will indulge them in in their I don't know. They're <laughs> flight of fancy. They're fault. They're folly. They're folly. That's the word. Uh, yeah. That's that's a that's a twenty dollar word we're folly? using to describe stuff. The uh, uh, fan, fandom events around the Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't. Yeah. I have more because I, I remember on the last podcast I said I got some spoiler thoughts on this, but then I thought yeah. it's like I'm just going to be mourning the loss of a storyline <laughs> that can never happen. And mm-hmm. why would I be excited about the preservation of said storyline? Because they've literally fucked up every big comic moment that I can remember in the last five years. Every single one. And yeah. I've tried reading the comics with anticipation right before season starts. Mm-hmm. And I tried not reading the comics because, like, well, maybe the memory is just too sharp and, and the execution <laughs> was too good. And, the, and and nothing helps because they're doing a bad job yeah. of making this television. And again... If you're happy with it, if you like it, I don't begrudge you. Your happiness and success are all at all. But if you look up around the fandom, you might notice that 90% of your former comrades are gone. And it's because you are, in fact, watching a bad television show that you happen to enjoy. That's fine. Sure. I, I watch I, uh, many well, I bad television shows that I, that I enjoy. The thing is, I don't know that we even have to make that statement because I think we've at this point self-selected the audience enough mm. to where people who are watching it or maybe not even watching it but listening to our podcast as i i know there are a lot of people who do that they're not watching this show because they love it anymore they're watching they're kind of like watching through their fingers as this this car wreck this train wreck happens yeah i just feel like that especially next year i think there's going to be even a more precipitous drop because yeah you know, if you're a real, if if you're a fan of the storyline, they say they've been sp- spooning that that they've been they've been spooling out for you. Then, like, I it's it's so funny because I listened to Jason and Karen's podcast, mm-hmm. and Jason's trying is 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 still enjoying the show, and he still cares about the characters. But he's he's even he's he's like you know on the one hand, 
you know, killing off Carl is exciting because, like, literally anything can happen. But then, mm-hmm. you know, even Jason's like, but on the other hand, mm-hmm. I thought the whole show was supposed to be about him and, and the passing the torch and, like, right. And he's like, you know, bummed that he doesn't see any possible way they can tell those those rich storylines. Like, for the first time, not only are they going to not try and, and do a half-assed job, but they're not even going to attempt it. Mm-hmm. And and if it is like if they do give all of the plots that Carl is supposed to have to Enid, oh, that that's just that's just the worst so, remix of all time. Because the relationship is not there. Like it's not it's, even it's like not as, as soon as Rick got to Alexandria, he adopted Enid as right. his daughter. No, they they built up this whole other thing. Like there's no way. I mean, it could no. be they remix it to Maggie passing the torch to Enid, but. Do, do people really care about Enid? Like I've only cared about Enid then so much as that she's an interesting foil for Carl. Mm. And, and it removes the inherent, you know, father son or mother daughter relationship there. Like <laughs> Enid is not Maggie's flesh and blood. No, and that is say what you want about it. You know, important. Um, it's it is important in people's lives and it's significant and it's not something you can just artificially create. No, and I don't. I don't. I, I mean, don't want to act there like are I'm certainly shitting relationships, up. right? Where that may be thicker than blood, you know. Yeah, I, but, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sh- like mistakenly shit on adopted uh, adopted families either. But sure. if if you have a meaningful experience with your adopted family, it's probably because you've spent years getting to know each other and building that framework of trust and love, uh-huh. <laughs> precisely in the way the show has not between any other car- characters except for Carl and Rick. Absolutely, it's just like if again. I don't and and you know there's a lot of debate in fandom whether this is just them lurching you know for new ideas and new plot or if this is a vindictive fuck you to Chandler Riggs and his potentially weird family of potentially like that that's another ugly rumor thing I've seen oh this you know Chandler Riggs' dad and mom are you know it's kind of gross and creepy the way they're involved in his career but like I don't know either way it's it's dumb yeah because it. Like no matter why you're doing it, the the things that it's doing to the story are just completely counterproductive. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, I, uh, it's 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 pretty tough. All right. Well, maybe well we, we don't want we don't want two hours more of this. Let's, no, let's see God, what the, no. Let's see what the audience has to say. Uh, we might get another hour of it with the audience. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's let's get to feedback. We start off with. Um, Scott. He says, "So I've been slowly watching The Walking Dead die since season five. My attitude, my attitude toward the show went from, wow, what a great season, shame about that bad episode, to, well, at least 12 of the 16 were good, uh, to, well, shit, that's a 50-50 split of good and bad, and then the first half of season eight happened. I wasn't excited for the season at all, but I needed to see All Out War unfold because I was certain that they couldn't fuck it up. You you sound, Scott, exactly like we sounded right. at the beginning of this season. Yep. Uh, from from right down to your arc, your your feeling arc. Uh, all the way to surely they can't fuck up. And this, to their this credit, arc. they have slow boiled the frog. Yeah, well, like like okay, between, season, uh-huh. between season three to season eight, it is but they've, stunning they've how they just... like half the frog. Like half the frog has left. <laughs> the, the legs hopped out. And yeah, the, half the, the frogs head are and like this stuff. ain't slow boiling enough for me. I can <laughs> right. definitely feel the boil. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Right. But but yeah, I mean, it's gone from like it's not like we went from. Season four of Breaking Bad to season seven of The Walking Dead. It's it's been right. a slow incremental 
you know, they keep on adding one parts rat shit to nine parts pig meat, and they keep on <laughs> adding, like, now we're, we, 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 we bypass a 50-50 rat shit pig meat, and now we're, we're mostly eating a rat shit sausage. <laughs> yeah, and we know, but we do know, we do know. Yeah. We taste the rat shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a mystery. Like, how did this rat shit get in here? Well, <laughs> um so talking about all out war, he says the arc in the comic was so simple and action packed that it would translate easily to TV. The episodes were pretty bad save for one and I thought this sucks, but I'll give the mid-season finale a go just to see all out war conclude. And then last week it was obvious that if they were going to wrap up all out war in episode 8 would be a huge rush. And it didn't happen at all. With previous seasons dwindling in quality, season eight was a perfect opportunity to give us a brilliant first half season. Uh, wrap up by episode eight, then time jump in episode nine, which could have revitalized the show. Instead, they've done the impossible and prolonged All Out War to at least nine episodes. Eight was pushing as it was. It's going to be full 16. Yeah, don't kid yourself. You're yeah. not getting one let's more not, episode. Let's not do this. Carl's not going to die, and then All Out War is over. Right. They've still got... All out war. Yeah, Rick. That needs to happen. Because that's the thing, like, even doing a half ass, it's going to take a while to get from Rick being like, you killed my son to, you know, mer- my mercy overcomes my wrath. Like, it's. Yeah. Uh... He says he's going to be back in February, purely to see all out war come to a close, but because he needs that closure. But once that's finished, so am I. Uh, yeah. I. <laughs> He also says, but I'm out as long as Gamble or AMC is in. Well, I think you're out then <laughs> because AMC is going to be in this no matter what. Yeah. Um, I just – I don't know that you're going to get closure, man. Like, no. it's, it's one of those things where – They don't want anybody to have closure. Like they want to keep if, you on the rope. If you let a crazy person into your life, and maybe sometimes you're born into it because it's your, it's your father or mother or your, 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 your brother or sister, or it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend or just a, a, a friend, and they become like a toxic influence in your life, a lot of times you pass that point of like diminishing returns and sunk costs because – you know, you want them to like you want to have that fucking movie moment where you tell them your authentic feelings and they validate those and say, you're fucking right. I'm going to I'm going to be better. Mm-hmm. But with garbage people, you never get that. You just keep funneling concern and arguments and, and emotion into it and you get nothing in return. Yeah, and that is this show. Yeah, that's that's what I, I feel like uh, we are. I mean, not enabling because that's 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 the AMC's of the world. But we are certainly allowing ourselves to be abused by trying to f- seek closure where none none can be found. Like that's the thing. Like if Scott Gimple, like you know, there was hope. There was hope in season four because Scott Gimple, you know, he got uh, he's an upjumped uh, writer and 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 you know he's had shown some flashes of brilliance and some passion for the show. Like maybe he just needs time on the job to learn. But in season eight. Dare, you know, Darabont's not coming through that door. No, all banning all hope. Why? It's like, yeah, this, this, it's Christmas time. Just, 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 just lose all human charity and fellow feeling. Yeah, you have till February to do that. (laughs) You're okay to hold on to it for this month, then, then get rid of it. Go strictly non-contact. You gotta, you gotta clear (laughs) The Walking Dead from your Netflix queue. Mm -hmm. You gotta delete them from your Amazon library. You got to block them on Twitter. It's the only way you can get healthy by Friday, by February. Don't don't do what Diogo is about to tell you what he's doing. Uh, he says, "I just decided that going forward, my only contact with The Walking Dead will be your coverage." 
I'm no longer watching it. Well, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. You're still, it, there's still the potential to suck you back in. What if they have a good episode and we get on the podcast and we yeah. say, you know, that was actually a good episode. Right. It's been sucking, but that was a good episode. You're going to be right back on it. I know you will. And that's the thing, like, I, I, I just don't think that, yeah, it's all the fear that they're going to write the ship and the, the fear of missing <laughs> out, the, the dreaded FOMO. Uh-huh. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's, is there an exciting announcement about new is, – is Guy Ferrari walking through that door? No. Is there, like, a new casting shakeup? Is there, like, did, 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 did the vice president of programming get fired at AMC? Well, you're not going to – no, it's – they're not even beginning to correct course. No. They're still looking for icebergs to ram into. Yeah, they're riding the I ship. I just love – I'm just trying to come up with a more down. inventive disaster <laughs> – loaded language to use it's this is what's keeping me engaged in the podcast i'm just trying to think of the next titanic imagery i can <laughs> the next pe- the next rat shit imagery i can i can 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 glom onto awesome well maybe you can come up with one for the ratings of of the walking dead he, <laughs> he diogo wants to compare it to x files which is the kind of the gold standard he says of shows that went to shit right um so here's the mid-season finale ratings for The Walking Dead. He says the peak season five mid-season finale at 14.81 million viewers. Now, that's not actually the highest it ever hit, but that's this is kind of an arc he's establishing here. These are the numbers. These massage to make his point. We understand. Absolutely. Yes. Uh-huh. Season six mid-season finale, 13.98 million. Season seven, 10.58. Season eight, 7.89. So it's like roughly 50% drop off. Uh-huh. Um, 46.7 since season... Season five. Uh, for the X Files, the peak season finale was season four at nineteen point eight five million viewers. Holy shit, that's a lot. That surprises me that it happened because I, I would have thought it would happen like in between around the movie, which I think is f- between five and six. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it would have happened when the regulars started not becoming regulars anymore. Well, that happened. Like I think Mulder tapped out in seven, and I think Scully hung around yeah. until eight or nine. So. <laughs> Yeah, lots, lots, very far to fall. Uh, he says the lowest season finale after that was the series finale at thirteen point two five million. So only a loss of thirty three point two percent. So when you look at that precipitous decline of the ultimate like gold standard for shows that went to shit, wow! The, I'm actually The Walking sho- Dead has actually surpassed it in that regard. Yeah, I'm actually already. I'm actually shocked because I would have thought that the the. the that the X-Files would have really limped in a shell of its former self. Yeah. Yeah, that show, in my mind, is, like he said, the gold standard for just crap in the bed. Yeah. I didn't make it past when Mulder went disappearing. Right. So if it got... Well, if it got... That's the thing. It's like I always try to I always try to at least grant that maybe I'm missing something, but like conventional wisdom is not that the X-Files got got good as soon as David Duchovny left. No. No, I've never no, I've heard never, that. I've never, I've never seen that 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 uh, you know anti common sense forty thousand word Tumblr post, right? Making the argument that the X Files really flew once they got Mulder out of there and they got the T one thousand in. Yeah, I was just shocked to see those those numbers too. Yeah, um, and how big of a show X Files was when it was on. That's back. That was, that was the last. Maybe Lost was the Lost last. Lost was kind of the last. Yeah, last network. pre like like the like network. Yeah, where everyone is still watching the same shit. All right, we go to Clifton, who says, Putting aside the inexcusable finale, I actually quite enjoyed this week's installment of Red Machete. It was, at the very least, good for a few yucks out of me. I know you guys didn't seem to care for the others, but this one seemed to stand on its own. So, one of this, so I this... wonder what you guys thought. We also have a question about, like, what the hell? Can we explain what the Red Machete 
stuff is. And I really, they're so dubiously connected that, no, I really can't. It's a series of vignettes that, like, follows this red machete in the loosest of terms. And the last one we saw was the red machete was embedded within a zombie for... Long time. Years. Yeah. And that's Potentially how, decades. Right. We're still <laughs> we really watching the commercial to, to, to see how it ends. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. It's this... That's the Walking Dead in a microcosm, right? This pretentious, mm-hmm. arty student film thesis kind of bullshit that never that is not as clever as and as satisfying as the student imagines it to be and i think in a, a also, show that's better with an audience that's more willing to engage with that that maybe they could have done something interesting with that basic idea right like we're gonna follow an element of the show as it kind of traverses the whole the whole show right you know but they and, and, and I guarantee well. you whoever directed the Red Machete episodes will be directing a yeah. spotlight episode of The Walking Dead next season. I wonder if that's on IMDb. I'm sure, you can, yeah, I'm sure you can find that. All right, let's move on to Mick from Bristol. Uh, not wishing to defend The Walking Dead, but he wanted to talk about Carl's dodgy handwriting. He thought it was quite clever of the show to draw attention to this. After all, he wouldn't have had any proper schooling past the age of 10. Talking of bad writing... Uh, how has Scott Gimple gone from writing the two great episodes, which really got me into The Walking Dead, saved the last one, and pretty much dead already? Um, that's for people who don't remember, which includes myself, where Shane shoots Otis to escape the walkers, and also the barn massacre, which I think was the season finale for two, or no? May that's the reveal of Sophia, right? Is that does that immediately trigger all the gunfire? Immediately brings the herd to the farm because I, I wasn't so. sure if it's the penultimate yeah. or or the season finale, but whatever. Um, so it went from that. He he has gone from that to presiding over this car crash. How much uh, difference do you think it makes that those episodes were directed by experienced good directors? Uh, in Phil Abraham and Michelle McLaren. Well, I mean, it's not just that. It's just being a showrunner is a fundamentally different job than being a staff writer. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be like... you have. It seems like you have less direct input, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. You're, you're more delegating you to, the writing you, you to have others. To, you have to have the... You, it's your job to have the clear vision and commitment to quality and success. Right. And you have to, like, that. That that is what holds kind of the show together and keeps it like... Uh, a universal kind of look and feel. And I feel like that. And also there's just a lot of like accounting nuts and bolts and making sure the budgets come on time and, and, and managing employees and relationships and all that stuff. And just because you're good yeah. at the one thing doesn't make it mean you're, you're all that good at the other. And yes, like I think you can have a good director make a subpar script shine, especially if you got decent actors, which has never been the walking dead's problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have a dec- you can have a very good s- script, you know, make it easy on the director by having you know, very powerful speeches and clear motives and directions and stuff like that. But man, when you're putting amateur level effort on the both ends, there's not a performer alive that can save it, <laughs> right? So, and and I don't even know if I feel like a director given a truly awful script. And not enough latitude can save That's true. A, a bad episode. That's true. That's true. Um, I just think the writing was better in earlier seasons. Well, I, I mean, it's prob- probably because they also were so close to the comic plot that right. a lot of that stuff just came free. Like, there is some genuine moments of gripping drama in The Walking Dead, and when The Walking Dead 
has the patience and foresight to just kind of tell those things, then it it works. Um, also, like you know, the other conventional wisdom I saw on or defense I saw is. I'm glad they're doing the remix because it would be it'd be like watching paint dry to see just like a shot for shot remake of The Walking Dead. How, how do you is feel about bas- Game of Thrones as I, a that's, viewer? That's what I'm saying. Like I think especially the first five seasons when they really had the books to follow, they were great. They were awesome. Yeah. Um Lord of the Rings, same way. Uh-huh. Like I mean, I I, th- I that to me is just such a such a such counter to my personal experience as a fan i mean there's there's a thrill to be had in seeing how someone imagines the thing that you are familiar with yeah and seeing how closely it lines up with what you imagine right and i think there's an opportunity for disappointment there but there's also an opportunity for fulfillment yeah for someone to be like wow that was even better than i imagined i can't believe they cast like you know when you see ian mckellen as gandalf for the first time you're like well fuck damn there goes you know maybe my gandalf had a bigger nose but it's hard to argue that that's not gandalf like i you know the thing is like the vis like do you remember the visceral pleasure you got when you heard that uh jeffrey dean uh fuck jeffrey dean meatloaf yep jeffrey dean meatloaf was going to be negan you're like oh my god he was so good as the comedian yeah this is going to be like there is excitement and, and and wonder at seeing something in your imagination spring to life mm-hmm. uh competently in front of you and for people that would prefer this to a faithful recreation of the other, I, 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 to, I yeah. It's... And I think if you're gonna re, if you're gonna try to remix something, you need to have a clear understanding of exactly why you're doing it. Right. It can't just because Which change what, for change's sake. Right. It's what Game of Thrones has done so well. They've said, okay, this in this format, in this television show, we have to change some things to streamline them. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that in smart ways? The Walking Dead has never done that in smart ways. Right. They simply change things in order to mix it up to surprise people. And that, absent the real reasons that you remix things, that doesn't satisfy anybody. Right. So well, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's also that, like... Because it does feel like Gimple also maybe goes to a lot of seminars for show running or reads a lot of books for show running because it's kind of mm-hmm. like if you've ever been in like a bad job where the executives go to some kind of retreat and they come back and they 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 learn that in Walmart all employees are called associates mm-hmm. uh, and now they're going to call all the employees associates and that's going to fix all the stupid fucking bullshit. Like, and you ask them why and they go. That's what Walmart oh, does. Oh, because you know the employees will feel more invested in the person that comes. It's like, well, it's a it's a grim mockery. It's a grim mockery, yeah. and and I feel like that's when when I hear Gimple say things like, oh, you know, I want to write ourselves in the corner because that's what Vince Gilligan does, or we're trying to do this because that's what whatever show that he better show he's seen. It's just like, dude you really got to walk before you you run and and some of these flourishes like the 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 grim the grimacing montage the face montage that's just Mm -hmm. shit you've seen in some black and white french film that you thought would look good in the walking dead but you don't know how to do it right and it's just stupid agreed all right chris says it's all over the internet that andrew lincoln's contract is up after season eight with the debacle about how they handled carl's death i wonder if andrew is going to stick around much longer God knows I wouldn't. So the the anti case is easy to make, right? The, the reasons why he wouldn't come back are are self evident. Oh yeah, and you can make them real easy. Let's are, are the reasons he would come back money 
Money could bring a, him back. A pile of money. Yeah. I mean, he's already making half a million an episode, reportedly, so bump that to maybe the highest salary anyone's ever made for yeah. doing a television show, and I could see it. Yeah. Is there – because, like, I've also heard, and I kind of believe this, that the Walking Dead film family is kind of like a family. At least. Yeah, the cast and the onset crew. Are, they, they really enjoy each other's company, and it's an experience, and it's like – it does seem like it's fun to do the fan stuff and all that. Like, do you think that it can't – because if it's just about the money, I mean, Andrew Link is professional, but, like, I feel like anytime you do something just for the money, like, mm-hmm. you already got a toxic process, it's going to get even worse. Sure. How much of the love, because, you know, he's getting older, he's given, you know, going on a decade to this show, just loving the people and and the friends and the family you've got. And I've, I've stayed in bad jobs because I liked employees before. I liked my fellow employees, but how how long can that... And that motivate you. Especially when you have your real family who lives in fucking London mm-hmm, or wherever mm-hmm. they live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got to go thousands of miles away for half the year to go film this right, thing. Right, right. That has to be problematic for him yeah, in his I mean, family life. If he comes back and just doesn't renew his contract, then I think that actually says a lot about the direction of the show. Mm-hmm. That... You know, he sees that the writing's on the wrong. He's not having as much fun. He doesn't approve of the way they treat they treat a Chandler, and he's out. You know who else they've got on contract, or they must they must have on contract. Who? Chris Hardwick. Uh, and, and I've got boom. an email from an anonymous friend of a friend of someone from The oh. Talking Dead. Oh, okay. Since we talked Solid. about Chris Hardwick Solid. last week. Solid. Uh, and how we wish we could have a heart to heart with him and find out what his real thoughts are uh-huh. on The Talking Dead and how he copes. Uh, this anonymous friend of a friend says uh, he's got an inside scoop. This is completely unsubstantiated. Feelings. This Absolutely. is anonymous. There is no reason. This is this is some scrawled on the bathroom stall that Jim yes. wrote down and brought in. Just I just want to completely be honest with 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 what this is. All right. Absolutely, I may have even made this up myself. I okay. just don't know. All right. But- well, I'm going to read it regardless because I think it's fun. Okay. Uh, Chris signed on way back after season one <laughs> because he loved the show and the comics and thought it would only get better. He's apparently <laughs> pissed with what they've done, especially the last two seasons, but he's just a generally very positive person, so he's always looking for the last rays of hope. Sometimes, though, even he can't see the good in the show. For example, when they did the bullshit cliffhanger about who got hit by Lucille, his reaction upon watching it was, oh, no, how the fuck are we supposed to spin this? Uh, they get callers into the show, and they had a hard time screening for that episode as they <laughs> had to weed through a dozen-plus callers to even get people who were neutral on the decision. Yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. And so it, it seems to me when you keep self-selecting at the shallow end of the mm-hmm. bell curve that you're eventually just going to yeah. get morons. I mean, or blind, so out, blind you're, devotees. You're yes. so outside the common experience of fandom that you just, yeah. like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with the opinion that you're getting after you filter it out so many times. It's certainly biased, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. I would say the same about our podcast, even. Sure. I mean, there, there's only so much you can do to avoid that, and we honestly don't try very hard to avoid it. <laughs> right, right, just, right. Just like the Talking Dead doesn't. Right, um, right. I like to think that we're more honest about it. But, yeah. Uh he, no, I mean, I'd just say it's like we used to read more positive reviews. We tried to keep it fair and balanced, but but as they stopped coming in, I stopped reading. Them. Right? Yeah, you <laughs> like, can't just make them up, right? Yeah. No, and, and it's both because the show got bad, and also our podcast does not necessarily cater to those yeah. ideas. 
Um, anyway, he he goes on. He does a great job at locking it down for the show and keeping for keeping his contract and substantial paycheck paycheck intact. But he's not at all happy with where the show has gone. Hope this provides some insight. Love your stuff. Blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. So take that with a massive uh, truckload of salt. I don't know if any of that is true, but you know it. It kind of tracks. It honestly, it is the kind of thing that I could have made up just by watching Chris Hardwick. I think you have. I think. Uh, I, think, it, I, think <laughs> I think that's exactly what's happened. <laughs> uh, yes, the the anonymous person was Guy Ferrari. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's move on to Jessica from Dallas. I know you both haven't officially decided, but it seems like you're leaning heavily towards not covering The Washing Dead or The Walking Dead anymore. Selfishly, I'd like you to continue because I love listening to you guys, but I can't blame you. The writers have committed the worst TV cardinal sin. They made the show boring. I've been a huge fan of the show for years and could overlook all the glaring flaws because I was still interested in seeing where it was going. But now the characters are unrecognizable and the plot doesn't seem to be going anywhere interesting. So why bother? In honor of this potentially being your last Walking Dead podcast, I thought it would be fun to end on a somewhat positive note. Here we go. What were your top three favorite episodes of The Walking Dead to watch or cover over the years? She says, my personal favorites were Seed, which is episode 301, A, which is 416, and Not Tomorrow Yet, 612. Oh, got one from season six in there. Uh, I came up with a few. And I'll I'll do mine so you can have a little bit of time to think because <laughs> I kind of sprung this on you. Uh, I thought the pilot was excellent. The pilot was actually really gripping to me. Um, Clear is one that we talk about as being awesome uh, from time to time, and that's mostly due to Lenny James just being a beast in that episode. And I think for the last one, it would probably be like Rick killing Shane or Carol just fucking annihilating terminus damn it like, i was hoping you'd leave that one for me i, I mean you <laughs> I, i'm naming like a lot of the good ones and she named a few good ones too so so i'm i mean if i'm just talking about how much fun when i look back and talk about it um and also how much i've because i also like i've really changed as a person since i first started walking dead i remember how scared i was at like rick going through that dark staircase in the pilot oh yeah because i had very i had watched hardly any uh, scary material like uh, horror films. Like I, I actively tried to avoid those because I didn't like the tension and kind of dread that they 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 bred inside me. Nowadays, like after you know getting married to a, a woman who's kind of a a, a horror hound, um, this shit doesn't even raise my blood blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, but I di- will remember like those those early kind of ice water rolling down your spine kind of feelings that I got in season one. Um, I really liked. Well, that's the, the thing. the The show has fundamentally changed too. There, there yeah. are no moments like that anymore. Yeah, there's no suspense. All of the suspense is who's going to get the bat. Right. That there's that's not horror. That's yeah. just keeping me in the dark for for suspense reasons. Um. There's. I'm thinking of the funny moments I had, like the gang inexplicably trying to use Glenn as bait to get a walker out of the right. well. <laughs> uh, not a not a like brilliant that's, flash. Of that's not even but... the sixteenth best plan that they could. But it's just like they came up with it. Like, well, it's a plan. Let's use it. Like yeah. the time that Andrea accidentally shot Daryl. Like the early times <laughs> where like it was the odd kind of what the fuck moments that kind of like is the the ten percent rat shit ratio. Right. 
uh, the season three finale when they re realize that they were going to push the governor into a whole other season rather than just tell mm-hmm. an already bloated. Re- Where he, re- he destroys the he attacks and destroys the prison and then retreats. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, like those, I guess, are the ones that really stick out. The Laura, the Lori Fiesta episode, and oh, and what boy. really it was funny about that one is how much we look forward to it, and uh, then the episode was actually really well written and yep. kind of gut wrenching, and we felt bad about it, like. And that scene with Carl and his mom, yeah, yeah. Ugh. So those are the those are the things that I can think of, like that just those are ones that that bubble to the top when I think about fun experiences of The Walking Dead. I really liked the 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 arc with Sophia. I thought was not amazing, um, and there was it was maybe played too long and stuff. But I thought the reveal of that was really really good when she comes out of the barn. Yeah, no, that was a good moment. And it, it, was, it led it was up to like kind of horrifying in the way that Walking Dead usually isn't. And then Burnthal comes in with a full head of steam. What what is yeah. this? What what is this? He's just like beside himself, can't believe <laughs> right. someone's keeping these fucking things in the barn and then yeah, and like they it's fucking like your dad finding your stash of weed when you're <laughs> right, a kid, right? right. Yeah. What is this? The it's... hell do you think you're doing? And then the last one and it's 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 Sophia with that fucking rainbow shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Good you're stuff. right. It is a uh, you know we we it's not the first time or last time we'll probably say, but it was a fundamentally different show then. Yep. All right, Monster Mike says first off, I want to start off by saying uh, I think you both have been way too harsh on The Walking Dead this half season. If you look past the plot holes, the plot devices, the awful writing, the horrible character building, the awful physics, the ungodly pacing, the utterly confusing editing and cuts, if you spend all your belief of everything that should actually happen normally in any TV. And normally things that should happen in storytelling, this show isn't bad. No, wait, it still is. I watched the season premiere, and since then I haven't watched it at all. Uh, I had hoped that the, that with the all-out war arc they could maybe get back to some of the glory with this show. Being such an iconic arc from the comics, I thought it would be hard for them to fuck this up. Yet they seem to have done so. They did what I thought they would do, which is extend all-out war to the next half season, so this is even further torture for the audience. After Carl's death, I've decided this show doesn't truly care for storytelling, their fans or their cast. The move has shown that the new show, that the showrunners and execs are giving a middle finger to not only Chandler Riggs but to Kirkman as well. We all know Kirkman has always said this was about Carl. The whole story was, and this is the way to tell them both to fuck off. Yeah, that's the thing. That seems like, to be a common sentence. I, I, I try to find the other answer to these. What what's happening here? But it does feel like this is a very calculated. AMC's like, we have no sacred cows. We will burn everything to the ground rather than pay you any more than we already are paying you. And if you fucking take it to the public or if you try to get what's right and what's fair, then we're going to fucking end you and Mm -hmm. destroy something you love. And that's, uh, you know, honestly, that's, that's very close to my former religion's attitude about things. And fuck that. Holding (laughs) things you love hostage to keep you like, no, no, uh uh-uh. So yeah, I think they're. I think they're. Uh, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's 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 bad. People making bad things at this point. All right, Jason from Mobile, Alabama says, "I truly enjoyed this show up until the cliffhanger ending season six. Now I watch it just to see how much they screw up. From trash people to Oceanside, it's all pointless. So a question: Other than Guy Ferrari taking over, can we salvage anything and get to a point where it's back to the good years? Is it past the point of no return? And I would say." Guy Ferrari is the concept that we came up with to write the ship. So absent Guy Ferrari, no, I think the show is done. Like, I, you need a fundamental changing of the guard here. I, I don't know how you do it 
I don't think the Walking Dead show that we began watching that Frank Darabont adapted is, and and Frank Kirkman had a hand in pinning, is definitively dead with the death of Carl. Yeah. And there's no way to get any semblance of that back. Right. This is a Rubicon that cannot be uncrossed. Uh, You done marched your soldiers and your legions into Rome, and that's against the law, and the Republic's dead. So... I, I don't I, I don't I don't I don't yeah I think it's I, I don't think I think it's too late I don't think Guy Ferrari could save it. Guy Ferrari could turn it into a second rate Z <laughs> yeah, Nation for sure but the the ability for it to have a heart and to have poignancy and to tell us interesting things about humanity through this lens of a zombie apocalypse I think is gone forever <laughs> all right um, Mike from either Seattle or St. Louis he just said STL that's so St. Louis it could also is be it? Sa- Seattle okay I I'm not sure. That's but that's he, he, didn't put any, he didn't put any spaces in there or anything, so I don't know. Let's see. Let's let Google win it. Google right. says St. Louis is number one result. Okay, there we go. Mike from St. Louis. Uh, he first of all says, <laughs> "At least you guys get to gray out another character on the pod's title pick." Yeah, I toyed around with graying graying out that character immediately after the episode, like for the finale. I was kind of hoping you would, but he's not dead yet. Yeah, he's still true. around. He's still going to have lines. He's still going to make a big true. scene. So I got to I got to let him have his final episode at least. I do think we should definitely uh whenever he definitively dies if if we do nothing else we should gray out that and that's like a good place to leave the show logo. Yeah. I should have made him like green or something. Like he's <laughs> sick. I yeah. Don't know. Anyway, Mike goes on. I, I think an element of the Walking Dead that kept it engaging from season 1 through the prison seasons where the main characters could die in any episode, not just limited to season finales or epic showdowns. Dale's death was great, as were Lori and T-Dogs. Really? Well, see, T-Dog was the, the, was the he start. He went out like he was, kind of heroic, but... He was the, but he was the start of the whole, like, we don't know a goddamn yeah. thing about this guy until he's ready to die. Oh, must be ready to die. Uh, but I think, yeah, Lori's death was great. Dale's death was great. Shane's even. Um, all the random characters we met and thought for sure would be developed and then suddenly were shot or eaten... Uh, sadly, I think that Game of Thrones suffers from the same extinction of world where we felt danger for our characters. In both of these shows, I've come to miss that visceral feeling of dread every week as it was replaced by a feeling of X more episodes left until we see what happens. Uh, that's interesting. I think there's like, I think a lot of writers, when they look at fiction, they say a very similar thing. Like they're all of these stories are afraid to kill their darlings, like kill these main characters, right? Mm. But then I look at stories that set out to do exactly that and say no one is safe at any time. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of kills your continuity of your story and the momentum that you have as a storyteller. And and all of these stories eventually must come around to what was the central through line of this entire story. Right. And And you can't kill everyone in that way because then you lose that. Right. So at some point, it just becomes like them telling a pretty standard story, yeah, even like, if it started off as, ooh, anyone could die at any moment. Unless it's some kind of weird Faulkner stream of consciousness style sound in the fury, you have to have sure. characters that eventually rise to the top and do something decisive to bring about a climax and resolution, or else it's just, yeah. you know, you're telling, like, like it's, it, you're, you're, the only way you can get away with that is if you tell a very serialized and anthology-style format because then you can kill everybody and then invent a set of new characters, and that's part of the, the growth and death and rebirth cycle of the show. But, like, if you're telling a story, 
that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, walk, you know, uh, Game of Thrones is boring because you know that the big people can't die now. Well, it's uh-huh. it's also literally the last half of the last season to go. So, right. well, I mean, play that out. Let's say something comes and wipes out the entire main cast of the Game of Thrones. Then what? Yeah. Then the story ends. I guess. Like, yeah, is like, that satisfying to you? Yeah. If everybody in like maybe. E- and, and evil is triumphant, like I mean, and maybe that maybe that that'll happen. But I, that's that's a tough one. Even mm-hmm. in Braveheart, like fucking Mel Gibson got his guts ripped out, but like Robert De Bruce still lived to, I guess, fight for. I, I mean, my history on that is all, all muddled. But like, <laughs> you know. And that was the end of the story, most crucially. Well, yeah, like, Will, like you, you, you knew that like he had ins- he had sparked a revolution that eventually led to the freedom of the Scot- Scottish people, but right. And, and William Wallace is not going to die, you know, the first time a, a village is burned down, right? Because then there'd be no story to right. tell. Like right. that's the thing we have to tell a story from a point of view at least, and right. that necessitates having characters that live long enough to establish that. Yeah, so. I don't know. It's a tough, if not impossible, thing to do. Anyway, Mac W says, you know, Gimbal might just be a spineless, spineless jellyfish. I keep asking myself, why in the hell, after Fear the Walking Dead, finally having a notable season, would they end the showrunner, um, or send the showrunner over, who is causing the show to hemorrhage viewers on The Walking Dead? My conclusion is that Gimple must be the biggest apple-polishing yes-boy they can find. Perhaps anyone with creative talent are confrontational and want freedom, the AMC executives must hate that, but they must love Gimple, who must just make everything an easy ride for him. So my hunch is whoever pulled off that decent season on Fear must have been pushing against the grain to get that season made. So AMC firing, done, and brought over the jellyfish. <laughs> I kind of like the jellyfish as a nickname for Gimple, but uh, yeah, it made it's me such think a of confusing him. thing to me. It made me think of him, you know, the episode of Rick and Morty where uh, Jerry and Beth do couples counseling, mm-hmm. the way Beth vis- envisioned Jerry as this, like, worm. Like, I feel like that's that's <laughs> that, that email's made me think of, of Gimple as, like, the worm from that episode. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, continue. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the end of the email, but it got me thinking, like, why would they make this move? Because... It's not like Gimple has brought The Walking Dead to new heights. No. From any perspective. You c- no. you It's not a storytelling perspective, a viewership perspective, nothing. Why bring him over no. to a show? Bring in the worm. <laughs> I I just don't understand the thinking behind it in any way. Because, well, the worm's sleep, sleeping. Well, you better get him up then. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> you, I mean, you're coming off of... Fear the Walking Dead, not a rating success, but a kind of a sleeper critical darling. Mm-hmm. You fire that guy and bring in the person who has seen as the henchman on The Walking Dead. Like I feel like it's kind of the same thing that I think NFL fans are struggling with. Like, why are we not liking the NFL as much as we used to? And how much of it is the commissioner being a complete fuck fucking uh, in the pocket of the owner? Like, doesn't care about the fans, doesn't care about the players, stooge. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are at, like fan satisfaction is at an all time high, and yet this guy keeps getting record bonuses and renewals. So he's making somebody happy. Who is he making happy? The owners. Ah, ah, I see the problem here. But the it's owners the should thing. not be happy here because there are no all time highs anymore. We've seen under under the supervision of Gimple, The Walking Dead, one of the biggest shows on television, has lost fifty percent of its audience. 
But are they making record 50% profits? 50% of slashed, its audience. They slashed the budget, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. But, but like, he's killing the Golden Goose yeah. is the problem. Like, you're getting eggs, but for how long? And now you're going to bring him onto your other show so he can kill that Golden Goose as well? Yeah, American Th- That isn't even a Golden Goose. It's it, like a Copper Goose. Yeah, no, it's totally short-sighted, but... It's that, I, just, I just simply don't understand. You know, like that parable about old, the wise old men plant trees, the shade of which they'll never see. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like sometimes you got to do things the long, slow way because it's better in the long run. And that's just anathema to these fuckers because they I mean, that's the thing. Like that always came to a head because I remember they remember how much controversy there was about how. Uh, Breaking Bad and Mad Men was stealing money from The Walking Dead because do you remember that? Like when when uh, 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 shit, uh, Weiner, the Weiner, Matthew Weiner oh, and Vince yeah, yeah. Gilligan renegotiated contracts and the Breaking Bad stuff all right. at the same time. And then it's like, oh well, you know, it's hard to make a good zombie film when Breaking Bad and Ma- Mad Men are sucking up all the profits. And then <laughs> like you see these behind the scenes court cases, and it was just AMC doing it all alone. Right. I think. A lot of this stuff is, yeah, you just you, – you, you can't conceive that they're doing something so stupid and so short-sighted and selfish, and yet we have gotten firsthand knowledge that that's exactly what they're doing. And I think a lot of the fan reaction was, fucking Darabont's an asshole. <laughs> you know? I, I like, th- who does this guy think yeah. he is, like, throwing directors who are in, have no idea what they're doing off the set? Like, right. And then you see what a mess the first episode of season two was, and you're like – no, he was right to be offended and angry that they sent this guy in. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah. I mean, maybe it is just a case of, of milking this cow to death, essentially. Because um, when I think about it, okay, we're in season eight of this show, and they've always maintained, oh, we want this to be a 20-season show, mm-hmm. right? We want this to go on forever, longer than... Longer than, I don't know, the longest soap opera you can think of, Days right. of Our Lives. We sure. wanted to beat The, the Simpsons. Right. Um, But that seems, in my mind, that is becoming clearer and clearer as a lie. Just a straight-up fabrication. What they wanted you to do is believe that that was the trajectory, and they were essentially going to milk it for as long as you would believe that and stay tuned in. Yeah. Um, Because that is the only explanation I can think of. That still doesn't explain why bring Gimple over to another show that is already not doing well, because there's nothing to milk there. But... but I, I, I maybe Erickson, I think is the showrunner's name. Maybe he's like, "Hey, look, I'm getting press and people are liking this. Uh, I need more money, or I need to hire this guy." And like, and they're like, "Oh, you need, you need, you need. Well, you need to find a new job." Right. That's what Max saying. Yeah. He, yeah. he might just not be a jellyfish. Yep. They need a jellyfish. Yep. All right. John from Milwaukee says, um, "Still enjoying your show, even though I'm struggling through The Walking Dead." As the series suffered in Season 7, I was still enjoying the story and some of the characters, despite the lack of quality. To put it simply, Season 8A has become impossible to enjoy. All the issues you discuss have finally hit a tipping point in which I don't like what I'm watching. Like Aaron, I was really engaged by the idea that this evolves into Carl's story, and now that concept is dead. Um, He's got a couple of things here. Besides that fact, I'm pissed Carl is dead. It pisses me off more that they fucked with us viewers by teasing and foreshadowing throughout the season that this would be Carl's story of leadership which he's kind of right and even in that episode they they were doing that this is my show you said yeah which I think they were going for like I I tell you the 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 old switcheroo which might have been effective if they had done it better yeah I mean that's that's you could say that about so many things I know 
Like that's the thing. Like and some of this artsy fartsy shit's not bad in itself. It's just it's bad if you can't pull it off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like rap is a perfectly valid art form when your your middle aged white principal does it in a drug convocation <laughs> and at the right. drug convocation it's it's an abomination. That doesn't uh, mean rapping was a bad idea. When Balky does it, nobody wants it. It just means that maybe your vice principal shouldn't be rapping. Yeah. Okay. And I that's yeah. Uh man. And he, it so, with how everything went in social media and how all the rumors went around, like those Carl, the, the Carl saying, "It's my show." You said it was my show. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do things my way. And then him getting bitten died. Like that's too good, <laughs> right? Oh, it's your show. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Like oh, the, the, everyone said it was your, but everyone said it was my show. Well, too bad. AMC said no. Yep. Marin Ann from Norway says. If they somehow decide that Carl needs to survive his zombie bite, which I suppose is a possibility given this this writing crew, could the fact that he was once actually shot in the head play in? I think this is my favorite theory. My favorite theory I've heard to date on anything. Okay. I don't know the fine details of his wound, but I don't really understand how his brain was not damaged at all. And as you say in the season finale podcast, the only way to stop the zombieism is to destroy the brain. So, so we know I that, like and, and we know that Jenner, when has like identified the portion of the brain that the zombie virus infects, right, mm-hmm. to reanimate people. So, mm-hmm. um, also on the show, zombies are frequently taken out by a knife stabbing through their eyes. One would think that a gunshot might do the same trick. Or also, the doctor now has a bunch of practice from his treatment of Father Gabriel's infection. So maybe there's something there. But this is the thing that I love. Carl could potentially be missing the part of his brain that can zombify, so this virus might not be able to fully infect and kill him. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I'd give it an A for effort. I, I would give it thing. a Z for Z Nation if they went that way. <laughs> I was just saying, like, you know, because what does more damage to The Walking Dead, the idea that you can survive of zombie bite they're no longer instantly fatal, or killing off the successor to the storyline of the walking dead right like it's kind of and i get it like if it's like this one of a once in a lifetime like you're you're missing the the prefrontal cortex node b that's behind the one's right eye like (laughs) Uh but no i just think that like when it comes to gunshots really look at a skull and where the brain is at in that skull, and realize that aiming a, a, a like a bullet at your temple is mo is like <laughs> like is is most likely just gonna blow your eyeballs and sinuses out and leave your brain intact. Yeah, lots lots of people survived self inflicted gunshot wounds like that and just made themselves into really unfortunate Metallica video versions of themselves. Um, <laughs> so like I think that's what happened. Like he it just went out one side and, and blew out and it didn't even touch his, his brain. But now I just I mean that's the thing like that kind of plot line to do and not do damage to your overall arc is is like you, you're a brain surgeon level of writing, right? Mm. Is the Walking Dead writing room staffed brain surgeons? No. I don't think so. So, like, that would take a lot of finesse and vision and panache to pull off, and and they have none of those things. For sure. Um, Okay, Hannah from D.C. says, I have a coworker who is convinced, and I don't believe for a second this is your coworker, Hannah. (laughs) I got this friend who uh, 
wants to get something out of there. But uh, I have a coworker <laughs> who's convinced that nothing will happen to Carl as a result of his walker bite. My friend's reasoning comes from the first slash second seasons. Dr. Jenner tells Rick, and then Rick tells the others, we're all infected. If the survivors have the disease already, how does getting bit make a difference? It's like someone injecting with the flu, but you already have the flu. Thoughts? Oh, that's uh, a good... Yeah, so, I mean, this is something we've talked about a long time ago when this issue came up. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much like the bite itself that kills you, but like the infection surrounding the bite. Because we're talking about like rotting corpses. And you look at like... Uh, what happened to Gabriel this season, right? That's something that we both said, hey, this has no precedent in the Walking Dead universe, but also makes total real-world sense because any kind of open cuts you have or anything, you get that rotting flesh material in there, and it will infect you and potentially kill you in a world with very little medicine. Yeah. Um, or or health treatments of any kind. So it's it's not about like, oh, we're... Like, the the zombie bite is infecting us with the zombie thing. It's just infecting them in general. Right. And killing them, and then that allows the zombie infection to take over their body. Exactly. Yeah, that's always how I understood it, too. Yeah. Um, but that is not to say that nothing will happen to Carl as a result of the walker bite. He will still, if, if precedent is to be believed, die from this bite. Yeah. He should for for all the reasons because that's the thing is like there's so there's two zombie viruses I guess there's a zombie virus that's in everyone that you will die any 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 death that does not result in trauma to the brain you become a zombie right yeah and then there's the I guess new to science zombie bite virus that's just like a very bad staph infection that is like antibiotic resistant. You can't cure like a zombie bite because it's just so fucking septic and it doesn't respond to antibiotics. Mm-hmm. That's not what makes you a zombie. That just kills you. Right. And then that zombie virus that's already in you takes over and reambulates you. Right, right. Hey, this week's wrap up podcast is sponsored by Sonos, uh, who are the maker of just a really awesome wireless sound speaker system. You can do it to provide whole house audio for like. Uh, music and, and, and dinner parties and just general listening to podcasts. It also does that. Or you can set them up to uh, do a wireless 5-1 sound on your, your TV. It's a, the, the world is your oyster. Or, better or, yet, you could do both. Or you could like do both. Like I did. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 uh, pretty awesome. Like, I've been using a lot. You know, we've been shifting into more of a, a downtime mode. And so it's been lots of, like, lazy mornings making breakfast. And it's really cool to watch, like, a Twitch stream in the living room, but I got my Sonos speaker in the kitchen. It's pumping the, the sound in there, so I don't have to, like, shake the whole house. Um, it's been great for parties and stuff. It's been great for – I've been doing some basement projects, and I've been uh, listening to podcasts over my Sonos speaker. Uh, also, you got the Christmas cooking marathon coming up. Right. And I know you are not going to want to have a hand-free – to try and control. Well, your I might want to have. I desperately want to. You will not free, have it. But I got. Free, I got one up a turkey and the other base in a ham. What am I going to do? Right. That's I, where Sonos One comes what in. I, what I'm going to do when 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 I got Christmas music playing and it's 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 rocking like like up tempo Christmas and then suddenly someone comes in with Mary, did you know? Uh huh. That nothing can kill a Christmas party faster than Mary, did you know? And I got to switch track. I got my hand up a turkey, base in a ham. What do I do, Jim? You, you hopefully have already pre-purchased a, pre-purchased a Sonos One, and you have that in your kitchen because then you can just speak to your. You can use Alexa to say, "Hey, uh, play the next song. Skip track, right. please, for the love of God and baby Jesus. Skip track." Yeah. Uh, without 
freeing up any Oh, hands. it's Paul McCartney. It's wonderful Christmas time. Oh, my God. <laughs> next track. Ne- you just keep doing it until you, you get back to the good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, makes it super easy and super convenient to to control a lot more than just your music. It yeah. It has, like, home automation features and all kinds. Anything you can do with the Amazon Alexa service. It's so, it's so like, you will find awesome uses for it like you might be in the shower and you want to fast forward to turn up the volume a little bit you're like you're it's 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 a game changer being mm-hmm. able to wire to audibly control your speaker system and it, you can do it for so much more you can it can it can tell you movie times it can tell you it can order stuff off amazon it can tell mm-hmm. you if you need a coat when you're going out i found out you can use it as an intercom to talk between like say a basement out. a basement and a different part of your house yeah wow Kind of sweet, honestly. How does that? How does that? I'm curious. How do you do that? Uh, I haven't tried it, but apparently Cheapy D from the Cadcast has, ah, and he loves it. So. All right, all right. Well, now I got a new way to harass my family. Right. Never have to leave the couch again. If you never want to leave the couch again, you want to get an awesome deal. Sonus has got a special for our listeners. T- Jim, tell them about it. Yeah, right now they're offering the listeners of The Watching Dead 10 percent off one order of twenty five hundred dollars or less for any product on Sonus.com. Uh, you, you can't combine this offer with other de- discounts or promotions, but uh, it's for a limited time only, so act soon. And if you want to do that, you can use the promo code WATCHING10. It's capital W-A-T-C-H-I-N-G-1-0 at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Um, okay, let's get to the the actual best argument I've heard for Carl not dying. Um, and Tom was the first one to write in. There were many people who did, so thanks to everyone. But Tom in, in PA, Pennsylvania, says, I hope you get a chance to read this before the wrap-up podcast because I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. I'll preface by saying um, I think the two of you are more than likely correct. Carl is a goner, and this is a power move by the AMC execs in response to contractual bickering in the past. Um, but the general guideline on this show has been that people don't die from walker bites. I, I don't know how people can say that. People already carrying the Walker gene trait. Instead, people die from the infection associated with having rotting, decaying matter entering okay, an open wound. Okay, that's what we just said. Yeah. Yes, which, which to me says they do die from zombie bites, but okay. Uh, reasonable enough. In a post-apocalyptic world lacking in doctors to clean and close those wounds um, and medicines to fight the infection, people pass away, reincarnating after as a Walker. Taking that logic just a small step forward, Father Gabriel is currently fighting just such an infection. While he did not get bit, he did seemingly have rotting, decaying matter enter an open wound when he wore the Walker Guts disguise. Thus, one could expect him to pass away, reincarnate, yada, yada, yada. Except he hasn't, and he is not. Surely, um, sure, he's still in bad shape, but the symptoms no longer seem to be progressing. Is it possible that they are setting up a scenario where the former Hilltop Sanctuary doctor successfully put together a combination of herbs and spices, for lack of a better term, oh my to God. combat the infection. Yes, this... Herbal medicine. <laughs> if so, the remedy has conveniently been discovered just in the nick of time for Carl to be saved in the biggest hoodwink of all time. This, of course, could carry a whole slew of disturbing ramifications. It would be another instance of the repeated disrespect shown towards fans in the story. More importantly, though, it would completely downgrade the zombie threat in the world as a whole. That's what I'm saying. What does more damage in Th- the this, long run? This is disgusting to me. Uh, this this makes me viscerally upset because I think this is where they're going. I honestly, at this point, think, what other purpose does Gabriel... If you think about, okay, Gabriel's talking about, oh, I'm, I need to find my purpose, right? Like, what would I... How do I give my life in a meaningful way? And he's continually been saved over and over and over again. This could actually be it. 
this could be the thing right here. And I feel like the writers are setting this up. You're right. Why else have Gabriel get sick in this moment? So is why this, feature it so heavily? Is, so why why do you make why does this make you angry? Because you think it's his horseshit? Um, because like at what point like because I, I don't want to yes, fall in the because trap. Because I of... think this is Glenn Dumpster 2.0 all to the nth degree. I think this is entirely completely fucked up if they yeah. if they go again with this idea of someone is definitely dead by all the rules of the universe and then we're going to mir- miraculously save them. Yeah, I mean the only they the, learned the, nothing the, and it pisses me off. The only difference would be. This would be Glenn Dumpster with the potential to completely change the laws of the universe. Sure. Which, again, that's the thing, like, I I mean, I I feel like the difficulty of pulling something like that off without it feeling like a fan jerk is so high that it's not worth thinking about. Like, what if Scott Gimple nails the landing on this thing and this transforms the nature of the universe and... They fully handed off the chance. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, certainly, like, Carl not dying next season, the, the, this next half season, would change how I feel about the show going forward. But also, them pulling the rug out from under our feet one more time to get us talking about it. Yeah, and, I just don't. It, I just don't see how I can trust them to to round that corner and still be engaged in the story. Right, it's offensive from a naked manipulation perspective. It's also offensive from... (laughs) So think about what would have to happen here for things to transpire the way they have so far and for Carl to live. They would have to... They would have to keep secret, at at the very least, from Chandler Riggs' father that they are going to kill off... uh, That they're not actually going to kill off Carl. And barring that, you have to say, okay, they are so... They are so trying to manipulate their audience that they're having people's families, actors' families, lie openly about what's going mean, to happen. That's here. the thing. I kind of admire that part, like the the commitment to in this day to like keep that spoiler a lot like hidden. But or... that's not hiding it. That's completely blatantly going the other way and saying no, we're absolutely not doing this. When in fact they are. Yeah. To no. me, that that's fundamentally more offensive than no, no comment. Yeah, I mean, like my nature wants me to play the devil as advocate, but I just can't. I, I just because again, this is this is a this would be an extremely high stakes, controversial move in a successful show. Uh-huh. This is not a successful show that has been able to maturely churn through problematic ex- a- aspects of its storytelling. So. And it's a show that has made this mistake before and should understand that the audience reflexively is going to have a negative reaction. Right. That's the thing that, like, you can't go into it. And like, like I, I'm trying to, like, okay, well, in a vac, but I can't go into it as a vacuum. No, definitely not. So, yeah. So it, it's scary to me, and that's why it makes me angry, because it almost seems plausible. Right. Um, that they could be doing this, but then all the other factors around it make it so disgusting to me that I start to get angry. Yeah. Yeah, All it, over a show I no longer give a shit about. Like, let's be clear. Yeah, it's like almost like now you're just looking to see like when that final ten percent will turn. Yeah, like yeah, like like is there is there a segment of the audience that prefers a hundred percent rat shit? <laughs> like Maybe. you know what everyone talks about <laughs> rat shit, but say what you want. <laughs> They're contrarians. Yeah, say what you want. I like the mouthfeel of good rat <laughs> shit. It's not about the taste, y'all. It's about the texture and the consistency. Like uh, may- maybe they'll come out of the woodwork and they'll inherit our slash The Walking Dead. 
but uh it's a, i think i'm i think i'm out on that yeah yeah me too um kim g says does gimple ever worry that he's made a shitty decision could his decision to kill carl have been the reason kirkman is no longer an ep did they have a falling out over this is his ego out of control does he resent kirkman's popularity could killing carl have been a ploy to try to retain andrew lincoln promising him an entirely new story uh, what does The Walking Dead look like without Rick and Carl? So many questions, uh, none of which I'm qualified to answer, but I thought they were interesting questions. It honestly looks like a spinoff show. Like I, thought, so yeah. I feel like that they've they've made their own show a fucking spinoff. What do you what do you do about that? Yeah, uh, I don't know. And she concludes by saying, if Carl dies, Gimple didn't just kill Carl; he quite possibly killed the show. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be impossible to erase that at this point i don't know josh has a good idea here uh tongue tongue embedded firmly in cheek with carl dead what are your thoughts on the possibility of judith taking his place as the new leader of the apocalypse she wouldn't have the same history as carl's character but it would be interesting to view things through the eyes of a female protagonist born after the events of the zombie apocalypse this would also allow them to time jump and start fresh with a new cast member if that's what they're going to do I mean, it's the whole, they don't have the history, right? Like, yeah. I don't know in what universe throwing away eight years of characterization of history is a, is a, good, is a, is a, a good thing. For... In a universe where that characterization has been bad, but I don't know that it's been necessarily, that part of the show has, been, has not been terrible. Like I said, like, I mean, are we, are we having a spoiler section? Because yeah. I actually, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save mo- most of my comments for... Because, again, it would be me mourning for things I don't think are, are going to be around. But, like, if that's what you want to do, there's other ways to do it without gutting the original premise of the story. Which, Here, you know, again, that's like if you think if you think Kirkman – I don't think The Walking Dead is, like, the great American novel, okay? Mm. But it's a pretty good series of graphic novels – it's a pretty good it's a pretty good it's a pretty good zombie tale and and it was like very groundbreaking for its time and it was probably worthy of ma- being made into a big budget show uh but what 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 Gimple has done to it is like I you know it, it's it's very much like an eight, it's like an, a late 80s video game movie okay like yeah, yeah you're calling it Mario and Luigi and that's a Koopa Troopa <laughs> but fuck you and everything about this movie. Yeah. And that's that's how I'm, I've gotten kind of with this show. All right. Laura P says, I checked out The Talking Dead after episode 808, mainly to see if Chris Hardwick broke character. Spoiler, he didn't. <laughs> uh, a few things stood out to me. One that is Chandler Riggs is going to be on Talking Dead after the mid-season premiere, <gasps> which is supposedly his last episode ever. Whoa. Uh, fire. <laughs> she says, I wonder if he will go off script and give us uh, any insight into the clusterfuck of the season and then why they wrote him off. No. I hope he no, doesn't. No, don't. I, I mean, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. They they would cut. They would rather cut to the technical difficulties right. screen than have Chandler Riggs go on a tirade about how they treated him on The Talking Dead. And also, that's just very... That would be very... I mean... Uh, this kind of shit is why you got monsters like Harvey Weinstein, let it be known. But in in Hollywood, you really don't want a reputation as a young man of being difficult to work with. Yeah. Uh, 
And do I think AMC executives and Gimple are the kind of people that would pettily make sure that that is out and that you never work again? Yeah, I do. So for Chandler Riggs, not that I think he has a brilliant career ahead of him. To the extent that he has a career ahead of him, he should he should shut up, take his check, learn from this, and 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 live well. It's the best revenge. <laughs> Going out in a blaze of glory doesn't even really feel that good in the moment, and it's not going to get you anywhere in life. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Uh, second thing, they showed us some behind-the-scenes clips of filming the explosion scenes. Literally, multiple effects people said, we filmed this in one night. In fact, one repeated it and became emphatic. Now, maybe that's common. I'm not an expert on camera work, but wouldn't The Walking Dead want this to go well and give it as much filming as it needed? Literally, the the effects people looked a little terrified that we have one night. thought that was kind of funny. I don't know, because that's like, that seems like that's that's... Certainly the rule rather than the exception. Like, I'm always amazed at how tight the schedules are on these TV shows. Yeah, and I think especially when it comes to big effect shots. Like, when you're talking about pyrotechnics blowing up, like, one-of-a-kind sets or something, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you got one shot to get that right. Right. And and tension is everywhere, from the the pyrotechnics to the actors involved. Uh, If anybody fucks that scene up... That's kind of just how it appears on screen. Yeah, and that's why you have to have pros, and that's yeah. why you can't like cheap out on it. But right, and they do. I mean, their effects department, I think, are fairly professional. Yeah. Um, certainly, their makeup department is. But I mean, the effects guys, the the actual physical effects, I don't think have ever been truly awful. No. Um, you know, they they do typical movie stuff like gasoline bombs and cars and things right. like that. When we're talking about high explosives and whatever you got to kind of forgive some of that stuff um they're doing it for the camera but yeah all right mike b says um (laughs) oh no my enjoyment of your podcast surpassed my enjoyment of the walking dead quite some time ago uh i'm bringing up a potentially sensitive subject andrew lincoln overacts at a nicholas cage level he has done the quivering chihuahua sweaty faced (laughs) vacant teary-eyed look of an abject terror for so many lesser situations what reaction could he possibly have that would be in proportion to this level of heartbreak? Have you seen some of Nicolas Cage's acting? <laughs> you can definitely always go more over yeah, the top. Yeah, I was going to say, someone hasn't seen Nick Cage losing a <laughs> shit, which you should, you, you should Google. Right. That uh, YouTube video is phenomenal. Yeah, you're, 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 you're comparing Neil Armstrong to the guy who jumped out of a Red Bull balloon, okay? <laughs> right. Okay, let's, let's settle down a little bit. Yeah, Nicolas Cage plans to be, in that department, the first man on Mars. Yeah. No, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, and that might be where they're leaning into it, is like the, 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 he's going to, the mercy overcoming his wrath is going to be more of like trying to live his life as a tribute to his son that he no longer has to keep safe. Hmm. Okay. That sounds too good for this show. The The reaction to the bite was certainly reserved. Yeah. And it might just be the calm before the storm uh-huh. of, of pure Nicolas Cage I want to see him and Jadis working out their emotions through nude uh, pottery. Oh God. I just want to see him just sobbing just behind a pottery screaming and crying. As, and as Jadis is behind him in her rubber, her rubber apron and just guiding his hands. Yep. Yeah. That's turn, what I turn want. Turn in the cat. Yeah, and, and then then they'll do interpretive dance. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Gary says, hey, everyone, a very interesting thought to ponder on. Wouldn't it be funny if they really want to take The Walking Dead in a different direction eventually? And they have an episode where Rick wakes up from his coma after the same amount of years later. And the whole series up to this point was merely him dreaming during his coma. Then shortly after Rick wakes up from his coma, he notices a TV news special report about people uh, getting aggressive and trying to bite each other. And think of how differently they could take things, almost like a whole new series. But some of the people who Rick dreamed about were actually people he knew from his life before his coma. Uh, I think this is the first thing Guy Ferrari writes when he steps into the writer's room. Yeah, this feels like... Just got to uh, reboot the whole thing. What's that What's that? The, the Tom Cruise movie about tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. It sounds like Edge of Tomorrow, except for the coma is his, like, oh, I, I now know everything I need to know about zombies and post-apocalyptic politics to <laughs> right. succeed. Round two, ding ding. I don't making know. none of the same mistakes. Yeah, uh, it's just indicative of the full reboot that this thing needs. Uh, Chris says, "I have no strong opinion on whether or not Carl is going to die or miraculously survive. However, I think if they do try to make Carl the only person immune to the virus, it will be so they have a way to end the show down the line. It's long been established that they cannot do the whole it was a dream thing." even though uh, not even Gimple is that awful. So the only other feasible way for the zombie outbreak to be solved is for them to somehow find a cure. And what better way than to start by experimenting on someone with an immunity? It would be the uh, stupid out-of-the-nowhere deus ex machina, but I'll deal with it if it means the show is coming to an end. Uh, I think the show is coming to an end one way or another. Why do people think that the end, that I, that the end has to be a cure of the zombie apocalypse? Uh that seems like a, well, a common theme here, and I never thought that – I thought that we would end with the resumption of, like, this is just a new thing that we have to live with. Like, this is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a human society discovering that they can get the flu for the first time and it can kill right. you. I mean, I, I I don't know that you have to cure and re- to have a return to normalcy. Yeah, and that larger story being, like, the resiliency and the adaptability of yeah. humanity. Yeah, like, how does it, like, and that's, I've, I've talked about this before, but not anytime recently, like, how would human traditions change, like, burial customs and religious customs and, like, what impacts, far-reaching impacts would this have on human society, mm-hmm. politically, economically, technologically, what 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 are the the what are the the hidden advantages that you might have by depopulating the earth by 99% of its population like those are interesting topics to me which are still not being explored 8 years on yeah and were being explored around this point in the comics and they they seem to have zero interest in exploring that right um as one of our listeners says i think um d wrote in and said that this is essentially a soap opera um, and that these characters have arcs that wrap back in on themselves. They become the good guy or they don't even have arcs. They become the good guy when necessary and the bad guy when necessary. So it's very similar to like wrestling. Sure. Which, you know, people find fun and that's cool, but not me. Not not interested in wrestling, but I'll watch uh, the wrestler. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's a well-written heartfelt tale about someone who participates in that. Uh, all right, final email from the non-spoiler section. Ben T. from the UK says, How do we get here? I mean, when you look at the journey that started eight years ago and where it is today, and you look at yourself and go, I've wasted eight years on this bullshit, and then we have the problem where you can't look away. It's like witnessing a car accident. You want to look away, but you can't keep your eyes off what is about to happen. That's how I feel about this show now. It's a bloody car wreck. And not just a fender bender, but a big fucking three-hour tailback of a traffic accident, except... 
Instead of three hours, it's been four years. Uh, imagine if you got paid to watch horrific car wrecks, because that's essentially what Bald Move is at this point. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, rant over and to the real points. If we lived in an alternate universe where AMC didn't control the rights to produce and air this show, how many seasons would be satisfactory to tell this story, and who would be a good showrunner? I find that a hard question to answer because the comics or the graphic novels are still going. I don't know what the actual story is quite yet. I'll tell. I'll tell um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't answer that without going into the spoiler section because sure. like all, everything I've, I've been informed by reading the comic books. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I do, I do sometimes go back and wonder what this would be like if AMC came back the second season and said, holy shit, look how much money we made. Here is a 13 episode order for double the money that you had for the six mm-hmm. instead of coming back and saying, here's 13 episode order and you get half the money that you got to make six. Right. What, I mean, cause you think about the green mile, you think about Shawshank redemption, you think about the, was it the mist is that's the one that's got just that fucking wrong ending. Like, yeah, Darabont knows really how to work in this creepy kind of horror space, but with a heart that's like, says something about the human condition and like, what a fucking get that was. Right. And yeah. walk and, and AMC just fucking shit canned it. So it's like, can't we just give Darabon another take? And like You could. And then like run it up to all out war and then I will explain like where you could potentially if the show was still a success after and I think you could have gotten here in six seasons, then you've got a spin off potential mm-hmm. that you could do after the all out war thing is over. But yeah, like I it's like better directors, like why I mean, we had a an insanely talented director who was passionate about the thing and who probably would have taken it to new heights. And we didn't get that because of a very, what, what is going to turn out to be a minor quibble with as big as this show got, whether as sure. mediocre as it's been. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at, you know, what is, what is the, what is game of Thrones getting like worldwide with piracy, like a hundred million people watching it. Oh, hi. That sounds like too much, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think know. it's like it wasn't it getting like didn't people say it was like getting thirty million like actual on in the HBO ecosystem watches? Could be. I mean, I'm just saying like seventeen million is cool and all, but it's like kind of like uh, the social network. What's cooler than you know a hundred million? What's cooler right. than ten million? A hundred million? Like, uh, yeah. And we're I don't know if you've noticed, no longer at seventeen million. And that's and that's with like and what if like like what if Kirkman died during the prison outline? Because that's essentially what okay. the, the Game of Thrones has done. Like the the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the author just stopped writing the show and stopped writing the books in the middle of the series. So like they're just having to cobble something together. Mm-hmm. This is all self inflicted on The Walking Dead, right? So yeah. He also wonders if we think another studio will ever pick up a project like The Walking Dead that will tell a story similar to the one that Darabont started. Dude, the, yeah, like we we. This might be if The Walking Dead gets canceled in a couple of years. This might be my new go-to. What do you think is ripe for a reboot? Like <laughs> a year after it's canceled. I know it sounds ridiculous. Like but... like I you you do it on Cinemax, which mm-hmm. already has a working relationship with Kirkman. You give him a sweetheart deal where you bring in I don't know. You can't probably get Darabont. He doesn't want to here's, touch. Here's who I want as the showrunner. God, this Ferrari. is going to be controversial. Okay, I want David Simon. To come in and do a take on a zombie apocalypse. 
what would that look like? It would be. I know he would tell it from every single angle, right? And it would feel so, so natural, so matter as a fact, as if it were real time and place. It would be. A, it would be a, res- a super virus as a result of people having unprotected sex with New York sex workers, <laughs> right. While high on WMD. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> no, but I can in, imagine in, like in, in the towers, in in the project towers. The, that's that's how it would start. That's ground zero. The perspectives that he would bring to it, um, and sort of the things he would use that to to See, talk about. This, I think you're 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 wanting David Simon to do World War Z. I, I want David Simon to reverse engineer his own stuff because he seems to he seems to work from like a, a place of. This is a thing I'm intensely interested in. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to tell the story of that time and place. Right. Whereas I think if he could reverse engineer that and say, I want to tell a story of a time and place that doesn't exist. Right. I, I want, kind of want to see what that looks like. I don't know. I, um, I just don't think that that's the thing. Like, I don't, I, I don't think he has any interest because he, he sure, sure. I mean, maybe if he could like George Romero this into something about, you know, systematic corruption in American exactly. politics. Which, yeah, maybe you could. I mean, there's a lot of stories about humanity to tell here. Yes, yes. Uh, let's get Dan Carlin in there as the showrunner. There you go. <laughs> he can the or see. You're always bringing it back to World War Z. I you am. just want someone to do I World do. War Z right. I do. God damn it. All right, that's it for the feedback that we had. Uh, we do have a spoiler section with quite a quite a few. No, several emails. Yeah. Um, that we're going to talk about. Uh, a lot of people wrote in talking about like what they wanted us to do with the show. I I will say that we are considering all options, but we have not made a decision. It's something we're probably going to talk about in January because that's when we decide all of our our content for the upcoming year. Yeah, it's got to be it's it's going to be about our schedule and what we can do that would be more interesting or more fun than The Walking Dead. I mean, or I, could we my could we transform our coverage of The Walking Dead into something else? Like, no. The only thing I can guarantee is there will be changes mm-hmm. um in in one way or another right and that doesn't mean canceling the show necessarily uh although it doesn't mean not canceling the show right it's, there will be changes we will not be doing like full recap uh traditional podcast for this thing like if nothing else the word carl will appear in our podcast probably 90 percent less in the next season the word Carl. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, unless <laughs> I mean, we're just saying reminiscing. Change, right? Like, remember the old days when uh, Carl was alive? Right. But I'd probably say Coral in that case, and it wouldn't actually <laughs> be true. Carl. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you know, people have said like, "Oh, you should keep doing the live watches." We might do that, or you guys right. should just go back and do something more silly or skit based. And we might. I, I just don't know. Um, it's just I. I I just you know I I I like for this to be fun. I like for it to, and if I can have fun tearing apart the show, it's great. But I mean, and the other thing is like it's increasingly hard to make the entire fan base happy because I've gotten a lot of feedback where they don't like. Some people like nothing more than two hours of us bitching and moaning and ripping the show. Some people sure. can't take more than five minutes of that. And mm-hmm. like I just for the first time, I don't think there's a way to modify that everyone's going to be happy with. Yeah. But, you know, again, real villains here, AMC Studios. So <laughs> we're just trying to – you don't know what it's like out there. <laughs> we're just we're just trying to survive. Yeah, we will adapt. We find a new show, we claim it. Uh, and I don't know what form that's going to take. But I guess stay tuned on the feed. There, there probably will be an announcement or 
you know, if we decide to do the same old thing, we'll come back in February. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned on on this feed. Stay subscribed, or if you're not subscribed already, get subscribed, and you'll you'll have some updates coming into the new year. All right. Uh, let's get to the spoiler section. For everybody who uh, is not joining us for spoilers, why not? A, do you really care that much about what you're about to hear? Um, and B, I guess we'll we'll see you on the other side, whatever form that takes. So uh, until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. back with the spoiler section uh i got some emails that will probably springboard into conversations you want to talk about so maybe i mean so I, my, my big idea would like i thought it'd been i really think it'd be awesome for darabont to have had free hand to tell a six or seven season arc that gets us to all-out war and then you could have taken a break there and retooled it and come back with the spinoff which is the carl show where you know, you bring back maybe you got you got to bring back Negan because that's the thing. Post post prison, it's about the relationship that forms between this like Charles Manson esque figure of of Negan in a cell and an impressionable Carl and kind of the war for his soul and like what is what does a post apocalyptic leader? What is the John Connors? Uh, of of this universe look like? What does he need mm-hmm. to look like? Um, and I think that would be a, a fascinating show that you could tell. And then you could kind of maybe even go completely away from the comic book. But, like, just have... And the, the thing is, is it's not like Darabont stuck right to the comics. We had the, the Vatos, and we had the CDC plotline. So Daryl like, Dixon. They had the Daryl Dixon. There was already quite a bit of, of, of remixing. Mm-hmm. I, I And that's the thing. Like, maybe that would have been its own problem. But we just never got to see the show long enough. And also, I wonder how much of that remixing was that at the behest of the AMC where they're like, oh, well, can you do this or can you do that? Or and I don't want to get too far ahead. I, I, I just I just don't know. But my my idea within like six or seven episodes, very streamlined, all the bullshit we complain about out, just tell the story, get the all out war. And then Frank goes away and gets his Emmys and Andrew Lincoln <laughs> gets a few and we go on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say that I didn't get to say last week because you know it it was maybe it's 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 it was too soon to speak ill of the dead. Uh but Jason, famous nice guy Jason Cabisi, uh, or is it Cabisi? Jason C. Yeah, I'm famously bad at pronouncing last names, and Jason, you kind of got a doozy. It's just all a bunch of <laughs> random I's and S's and and C's in my head. Um, I don't know that Chandler Riggs could tell that story. I don't know if he had the tools to tell. Because, like, at his best, he's okay. I agree with that, unfortunately. So, now, I don't believe for a second that the show made that decision based on that. Yeah. But, like, I could see a, sh- a better run show where I trusted their competency just being like, I don't think this guy can carry the material. We're going to have to kill him off and do something different. Like, it's a real bummer, but he's just not going to be able to do it. I mean, I feel like they had a valid out with the flash forward, though. And maybe they're not going to do the flash forward. I have no right. idea. But if they wanted to get him out, like one of our, our emailers said, 
But that's the thing. It's like I feel like that the just flash recasting. forward should have been the point they should have been looking forward to like reset everybody because you just can't. You can't keep Andrew Lincoln. No. You can't keep Norman Reedus. You can't keep uh, Lenny James under contract for ten plus years. Laura Cohen. You just can't. So you should have like. The fact, I wonder if they the, the fact that you failed to plan for that is also a creative failure. I, I'm starting to wonder if they've rethought the idea of doing a flash forward because think about what that does. How disruptive that would be to the current fan base. I think if you go in and you say, okay, well we can't get Andrew Lincoln back. And we probably can't afford to get Norman Reedus back, and we can't use Chandler Riggs for whatever reason. How disruptive would that be to an already shrinking audience, to an already fifty percent drop in audience? We could also be if, like, if you just said, "Fuck it, we're going to get rid of everybody that you already love, and we're going to bring them back as different actors." I, I mean, there's there's precedent for that. Like, it that's that's part of like the marketing that you'd have to be like, well, this is like Star Trek, this is like James Bond, like characters survive in a way that people can't because they don't I, age I understand in real time that, and... but think about the audience that is currently invested in this show. No, that's what I'm saying. It would be... They're not invested for the narrative reasons and things like that. They're invested for their love of these characters, right? Mm. And if you completely change the faces of those characters and the, the personalities... It's a challenge for sure. It's a challenge for sure. But right, you... to an already shrinking audience. I, I wonder if they're even going to do the flash forward. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I don't think they will. No, you're, you're, yeah. I, I'm because this is part of weaving for the show. It won't be like, why would they? There's nothing but downsides in doing a flash forward now, right? I don't know, man. But like, that's um, the thing. Like, who is need? Like, I th- to me, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is this is with a bullet point the death of the show that we were watching. It's completely yes. different. It's not an adaptation of The Walking Dead. It's inspired by the comic book The Walking Dead because. That storyline is gone. Like, mm-hmm. if, or they're going to have Enid creep down into uh, to, to so, Negan's cell. That's that's our first email. Yeah, it's yeah. Like Jordan essentially asked that. Like, where do they go now with no more Carl? Are they going to try and replace him with Enid? And Jeffrey Dean Morgan going to be a featured cast when he gets to spend fifteen minutes from a cell every every half season? Like, right? I, I just there's, there was no no real thought because that's the thing. Like, I always thought. Like, how are they going to bring this back to a place where they can tell the story? And for the first time, I've been slapped in the face. No, they're just not going to. They don't care. They're mm-hmm. not planning this even next year out, let alone multiple <laughs> years out. Right. And you're right. There probably won't be a fast forward because that would be, for the people still watching the show, that would be another excuse to stop watching. Right. And they've already got enough excuses for that. Uh, so let's go to the emails. Ryan, I, I talked about Jordan N's email a little bit, but... Uh, Ryan says, I'm seeing some theories that Carl wasn't bitten by a walker, but was bit by a whisperer, which, for the spoiler people, they're uh, a band of people who rides um, who hides amongst the walkers wearing walker skin. This is where I, I – this is right where I dipped out. So I know about the whispers, but I don't know how it eventually evolved. Okay. Um, and maybe this is their introduction into the show. A couple of things I don't like about it. Chandler Riggs already confirmed Carl's death and has even said – there's no coming back from it unless he's lying. And B, in the comics, the Whisperers don't bite people. They stab them to death. Just wanted to get your thoughts on this theory. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, those guys that possible. Were, those guys that were attacking looked like zombies. Also, Carl looks very, very sick in that final he shot. He does. He does. Not like he was bit by some weird person wearing walker skin. It's the opposite of placebo. It's a gazebo. That's <laughs> when you take something you think is going to kill you, and your body uh-huh. starts saying, "Oh my God, it's 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 over, it's over." 
The gazebo effect. It's a, he's yep. the gazebo effect, yeah. <laughs> right. Got bit by a fake zombie, and suddenly you start uh, sweating and looking pale. And Yep. Uh, so John W. from Toledo has another... Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I feel like you're falling into trap of thinking this is a better show. Sure. Like, you're yeah. thinking what a better show would do, what clever way to introduce these things, and you're playing chess, and but unfortunately the rules of the game are still governed by the International Checkers Society. Yeah, I remember... Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the way they introduced, like, the wolves, right? They kind of sort of did some stuff like that. Yeah, and who can forget the, how, how, <laughs> right, ripping, how riveting, how the, riveting the, the wolf storyline was. Right, with all the morgalizing and whatnot. Um, okay, John W. from Toledo says, hey, I've read a synopsis of all the comics um, and says the future of the TV show is done since Gimple decided to kill off Carl. He's currently still a prominent member of the community, but do you think now that Carl has gone on the TV show that Kirkman will kill him off in the comic? Why? Gimple claims that people are going to take over Carl's plot in the TV show, and I cannot seem to understand how that could possibly happen. I think this is John trying to desperately scramble for some world in which this makes sense. Yeah, no, um, uh, the, totally. And I, and yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, man. The the other thing that he brought up that was more interesting, in my opinion, is also he says the group we're about to encounter are named the Commonwealth, and they look like stormtroopers based on the cover of issue one seventy five. It's rumored that they are way more technologically advanced than everybody else, and that is who I'm speculating has the helicopter that we continue to see throughout the TV show. Uh, I don't know anything about the Commonwealth. Do you? Was that in the video game? I don't know. What you mean? Were those the guys that had like the, the Telltale the games or burnt, like branded on them? Maybe. Oh, I uh, don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that has anything to do with the the Walking Dead story in general. Yeah. No, I. I don't either, and again, I'm I I don't recognize I don't recognize that plot, so I wouldn't have much to say. Okay, I guess now that's the other good thing is I can I can finally catch up on The Walking Dead to see if the comic book is is still entertaining. Um, yeah, I've been putting that off because it's like keeping up with The Walking Dead was doing nothing good for my enjoyment of the show. Right, uh, but that's that's about all we got. Um, as far as spoilers go, we had another one from Tyler M, but he's talking about the whispers, which we kind of already went over. Okay. So uh, thanks to everybody who sent in emails. That I got uh, a shitload. I, I got hundreds. I had I when hope, I stopped, I had like forty pages of emails. I hope we're not doing our own little Glenn dumpster fire. Like this is this this will we won't we is 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 purely because like January is when we debate we do all of our kind of like creative decisions for the new year and. Right. It just it just it really does depend on what the competition is and what's going on at the schedule and <laughs> the difference here being we've we've kept you informed of the entire process. Like yeah. we're we're not trying to hide the fact that our show is still alive under the covers here, under the dumpster. Right. There's there's no Glenn dumpster here to be had. It's simply a matter of we don't know what we're gonna do yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's a it's a real you know, it's it's that's the thing is like, and then our hands aren't being forced. It's like I don't want to like this is it's it's I always struggle with choices. Mm-hmm. You know, like like there's no <laughs> independence has its benefits and drawbacks. Yeah, like I'm used to getting forced to do things. Like Amazon right. cancels our sub membership or like our our th- our thing, so we have to do this or like this is just purely like the show is calling our bluff and getting to a level of quality where it seems <laughs> like we should stop. 
Right. But half the fans want us to, and half the fans don't, and it's still making decent, like, we're, they're selling ads on it. Like, it's it's very, very confusing and complicated. Yeah, and it's genuinely up in the air for us. We're not sure what we're doing yet. Yep. But uh, sorry we can't give you any, any, any more to go to than that. Um, but uh, we will be back next year with lots of great shows. Mm-hmm. Lots of unambiguously great shows. Better Call Saul's coming back. Westworld's, Westworld's coming back. Yep. Um, there are tons of, of, of shows that I'm genuinely excited about. Mr. Robot just concluded. I mean, talking about oh, a show man. that talking about a show that writes the 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 ship. Like mm-hmm. season two is really shaky, and Jim and I were thinking, like, oh man, we should we 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 really might not have room for it on our schedule. We decided to cover it, and season three is one of the best comeback seasons of all time, mm-hmm. and is going to probably be top three, top four on my Baldi's list. Which, by the way, is another thing we're coming back with. So there's lots of stuff that we're doing, lots of movies we're watching, lots of stuff. If, if you only know us for our Walking Dead coverage, please, oh, my God, please, go to baldmove.com <laughs> and check out literally anything else that we're doing. Everything else we actually enjoy yeah. um, watching. So. Yeah, this is us. The, this is the equivalent of us biting the heads off of chickens. Yeah. This is just a circus sideshow act at this point. Don't judge us because we're <laughs> bizarrely paid to bite heads off chickens. It's not our fault. <laughs> Baldmove.com. Yep. I think that's it. We'll see you guys when we'll, we see you. We'll ya. see you when and where we see you. Later. <laughs>